Hey y'all, I'm Brooke Hoover, a Louisiana native, actor, writer, and comedian. I've lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise, or shall I say, lifestyle changes. My 20 year and counting health journey has taught me that just like taking a diet pill for weight loss, body positivity doesn't magically happen overnight. I'm working on regaining my self-esteem and rekindling my love affair with Cajun and Southern comfort food in a healthier way, all the while juggling eating as clean as I can, reestablishing myself in the entertainment industry, which, as we know, is historically fat-phobic, all the while showing my inner fat girl some love. That's fat with a PH. Pretty hot and tempting. Let me tell y'all a tale or two. Hey y'all, it is Brooke, and thank you for listening to the Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. The name of the name or the title of this episode is Flippin' Tables, and it's a little homage to where I live in New Jersey, uh, because as we know, the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa Judice, she is known for flippin' tables. I think that was in season one. Gosh, I don't know why I'm still watching that show. But I want to sing like Les Mis to this show, like breaking chairs and flipping tables. Da, 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 da. I don't know all the words. I really like the play, but I forget the words. And I actually did break some chairs when I was an exchange student in France because, um, let's face it, French people are skinny and the chairs they must make in France, which are probably not really made in France, were made really cheap. But yes, I have a lot of experience on different kinds of tables. That sounds really weird. There were these workout things that you would do. And it was basically like exercising, but oh, you don't have to exercise. It's easy. You don't even break a sweat. You could do it on a lunch break. Five minutes on six different tables and you're good to go. So this was a place I tried back in the late 90s when, when I was in my teens, and the place was appropriately called Inches Away, and way was spelled W-E-I-G-H. So I go into my initial intake, and I step on the scale, and the lady, her name was Sonia, and she reminded me of a cat. And I step on the scale and Sonia goes, oh my God. Just like that, like no poker face or tact or whatever the word is. I was 190 pounds. And I remember when I got heavier, I kept wishing that I would be just 190 pounds. But you're not supposed to say that, especially at a place that I'm paying or at the time my parents are paying probably a lot of money for me to lose weight. So the tables... Okay, they're basically like these gigantic, very heavy, very expensive things that you lay on, and they're supposed to tone and work your body. Now, here's the deal. I think the tables would be wonderful for people who have very limited mobility. There was one table, my favorite one actually, that you lay on, and you hold the bars. It's like you're kind of being racked, you know, like um, a medieval torture device, but it's actually, it actually really feels good. So your waist is actually where the table moves back and forth. So your legs are on a rotating kind of table that's going back and forth like a pendulum, but the top part of you is staying in one position and that is supposed to tone your waist 
or you can flip and do it the other way where you're face down and your head is going back and forth like a pendulum and the back part of you stays straight. I, I don't get how that's supposed to help you lose weight. Then there were other ones where you would go and the leg parts would move. So it'd be one table that you would lay on, but the leg parts would move. And one of the best tables, you did nothing. It was at the very end. And I guess it was the equivalent to like Shavasana of the tables. You just lay on it and it vibrates like one of those vibrating hotel beds. And it it was fun, but you don't even break a sweat. And I became really good friends with one of the trainers because obviously when you're just really sitting on your butt exercising to tables, they have to have trainers for you. And I think the trainer could kind of tell like, uh, this is bogus, but I also need a job and Foxy's isn't hiring. Foxy's, y'all, is, is it was, is, I don't know if it's still around. I think it's still around, is like a privately owned gym back home that everybody went to. So the trainer's name was Ashley, and you could tell she kind of thought the place was a little bit bogus, but she really liked me. We cl- we clicked, we connected. And at the very back of the table place, there was this kind of crappy treadmill. It, it's sad, like all the cardio, cardio, whoa, all the cardio equipment was kind of out by the wayside. But Ashley would say, okay, Brooke, you're going to stay for an extra 30 minutes and I'm going to talk to you. We're just going to chill, talk, and you're going to do the treadmill. And I loved Ashley for that because I think she realized there wasn't much work going on on the tables. The actual work was put in doing the walking. But I did like the ritual of it all. I liked the kind of lulling to sleep sound of the tables, like... It was fun. And I would leave the table place and it was like one of these brick buildings. It looked kind of like it had its prime in 1989, but it was 10 years later, 1999, and it was almost past its prime. And there was KMB, which is a popular Louisiana or was a popular Louisiana pharmacy back home with the purple logo and they had the best ice cream. So I would always say, no, you're not going for KB ice cream. You just exercised on the tables. And then you know what? I realized inches away and Sonia and Ashley, they weren't my first experience on tables. Way back when, in the early 80s, my mama, Mama Leona, she went to this place out in Denham Springs, which is kind of like, or it was kind of, it's kind of very suburban now. It was kind of like out in the country. And she had a friend named Miss Janelle and several other ladies, and they also had a table place. It was a bunch of older ladies and it was this, uh, you know, like pastel kind of like wood siding type of contemporary looking building that was really popular in the 80s and it usually had like a very useless courtyard. Well, it was one of these buildings out in the middle kind of of the country and I loved going there. They would just like put me on a table and give me like some zucchini bread and I would just sit on that table and just like go to town. So it's just really funny that that's where I ended back up over 10, 15 years later to try to lose weight. And obviously it didn't work, but it was just such nostalgia. I remember the zucchini bread, it kind of tasted like cardboard. And then one time, Momo 
told me, hey, Brooke, they got a new shipment in. And they, Miss Janelle and her friends had gotten this new shipment of like these lemon cookies. And oh my gosh, they tasted really good. They tasted like a softer, chewery, chewier-y, chewier. They tasted like a softer, chewier, lemony cardboard. And they were so good. And if I can sit back in that moment, I remember two moments very vividly. Actually, all three talking to Ashley on the treadmill, Sonia and me stepping on the scale at 190 and her going, oh God, and me sitting kind of um, cross-legged style, going back and forth on the pendulum part of the table at Momo's friend, Miss Janelle's place, eating some lemon cardboard cookies. Boy, y'all, all the things we did back in the 80s to try to lose weight, um, eight-minute abs, the thigh master. Eight minute abs was actually awesome. Then I had this one thing, it looked like a rocket ship and it had like a weight, like kind of a pressure that you would put on your stomach to do abdominal exercises. I actually really wish I still had that. That would probably really work well. Of course, Richard Simmons, sweat into the oldies. Wonderful. Or should I say tubular or maybe rad? Yeah, I say rad a lot. Yeah, those things were really rad. But something I did in recent years, and it also involves the table, hence the name Flippin' Tables. For the past about 15 years, I have been going to acupuncture. And the very first time I did it, it was because I was having back pain. And I happened upon somehow, I don't know, because this is before Googling things or Google mapping things became a thing. I think I saw a sandwich board outside of a building. That's what we used to do back in the day, y'all. Look at a sandwich board. So I go in and the lady, her name was Mary. She did some wonderful acupuncture on me. My back pain got better almost instantly. And then two days later, I felt like utter garbage. I felt horrible. And my roommate at the time, love my roommate. She was from England. And she said, I'm going to do a very bad Cockney accent. So pardon me, but, but I have to do her accent. My mom said, my mom's actually that sounds like my dog Archer's voice because my dog Archer's also British. But anyway, so my roommate says, my mom's a acupuncturist back in England. She can talk to you, love, about how you're feeling because this might be normal. So I did talk to her mom after my first acupuncture appointment. And I said, I feel horrible. I feel like I have a flu. What's going on? My back pain feels much better. But why do I otherwise feel like really, really junky? And she was like, well, acupuncture kind of relieves all the toxic. How do you say that word, y'all? Acupuncture kind of relieves all the toxic, toxicity. Oh, gosh. Acupuncture kind of relieves all the toxic vibes in you. So it's quite normal to feel flu-like. So I kept on with acupuncture sometimes for the back pain, especially like the lower tailbone area, because I had a fall when I was little. So that area acts up a lot of times. I had a fall, I said, but of course, to every single doctor, it's because I'm overweight that I have back pain. Thank you, robot man. But uh, moxa, so adding like a little bit of heat to it. Um, and moxa is like an herb that you burn. It smells, it smells kind of like 
church and a pot din. Are they ever, do pot dins exist? Well, that's what moxa smells like. I really like it. And I like it for its healing purposes, not necessarily for its smell, of course. And also sometimes they'll make the needles jump. Like the needles will have electric stimulation and that really helps. So acupuncture became my main thing. And I said, hey, if it's working for my back, I guess it will work. Could it work for my hormonal issues, for weight loss? So Mary, my acupuncturist in Brooklyn, started treating me. I would go religiously like every other week, sometimes once a week, uh, sometimes once a month. She was great about working with me on sliding scale because not all acupuncture is affordable. And then I had to move from Brooklyn to Jersey and... I started going to an acupuncture school. Actually, Harry and I would go to the acupuncture school almost every weekend together. It was uh, more inexpensive and they had a better cancellation policy. So obviously when you're, you're an actor, hey, cheaper is better. And also having a very flexible schedule that doesn't charge you if you have to cancel, that's even better too. And one time when I was at the acupuncture school, they told me, hey, there's this thing called the Grand Rounds, and it's actually free. And of course, my ears perk up, like free, free health and wellness, free acupuncture. What is the Grand Rounds? And they're like, it's this thing where you basically get acupuncture and you are observed by a lot of different students. And I'm thinking, hey, I do standardized patient all the time. The acupuncture clinic I'm already going to with you guys, like two or three students are there. Mind you, you were in a small little curtained off room. But I'm like, yeah, I'll do the grand rounds. So I go in to the grand rounds and it's this guy who kind of looks like he might be like one of those lawyers on a billboard. Not somebody I would connect with on any sort of basis. Like I think acupuncture is something that's important. The person is healing you essentially. I mean, it's not like a lot of people think acupuncture is just plain bogus. It is Eastern medicine. It's based on the meridians of your body lining up. It's not anything to believe in, okay? It's not a religion. But anyways, this this man, I just wasn't feeling his vibe. Like he looked like he should be cutting people's fingers off in a mafia ring, not doing acupuncture. And that's very judgmental of me. And I'm the first person to hate to be judged, as we know. But hey, sorry, (laughs) that is life. Such is life. So I go in and it's about 40 students. I kid y'all not. And I get on the acupuncture table and we start talking about some of my issues, weight loss, back pain, hormonal issues, polycystic ovarian syndrome, all those sexy things that come with it, irregular periods, hair on my face, uh, you know, uh, moodiness, anxiety, fat around the abdominum, all abdominum, (laughs) abdomen, all stuff like that. And so he starts poking me, you know, with the needles, he starts putting the needles in me. And I'm just feeling very exposed and vulnerable and like, oh, this, something just doesn't feel right. And maybe my chi was lining up, maybe my chi wasn't lining up. And then he has me flip over I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. I'm feeling really weird. I'm feeling like I'm fixing a cry because it's just, it's just a lot for me. Like, oh, woe is me, but it's a lot. So I start crying a little bit, but my crying manifests more as like a big hunk of snot coming out of my nose. So I'm sure everybody can see me. I mean, it's not like I was sick. The mucus was clear, not yellow. That's a very acupuncture uh, thing to look at, like your your tongue, for example 
um, I'm sure if they're going to look at your tongue before a session, they would also be concerned about your mucus color. I know my mom used to be when I would get sick when I was little. But anyways, so I'm laying face down and snot just starts coming out my nose, my eyes. I'm obviously crying. And I felt super embarrassed. And I basically, he got the needles out. I got up and I walked out of there, ran out of there. I didn't necessarily feel better after that session. And I stopped going to that school. And I said, I need to find a good acupuncturist. So I got really lucky. Uh, This lady who I talked to, a spiritual healer in Jersey City, she said, hey, you know, there's this like saliva test you can do, and I can even read it for you, ship off, get the saliva test, and I'll read it for you, and I'll help you figure out what's going on with your hormones. So I hit her up about it, and she basically played dumb, like she never told me she would help me with it, which I'm like, hey, cool, fine, but take ownership, or don't say you're going to do something and not do it. But she did recommend me to the most wonderful acupuncturist in the world. Well, second most, because now I have a different one who's equally awesome. So this acupuncturist, he was just a nice down-to-earth guy, Jersey guy. He, I would joke, he would say, he would say, are you drinking enough water? And I would say, oh, there's that Jersey accent. But I totally felt comfortable with sharing my hormonal issues and my weight loss woes with him because he really created a safe space. On my first meeting, I was really trying to hold it together. And second meeting, I go in and I just start crying and sobbing and saying, I just want to feel normal. I just want to feel right. And he's like, word. I don't think he actually said word, but he's like, I feel you. So I told him, obviously, um, you know, trying to do everything I can health wise and just feeling like nothing's quite connecting. I just feel tired. I just don't feel right. And yes, I did say, you know, of course, I want to lose weight. But that wasn't the biggest thing. I remember saying, yeah, of course, losing weight would be nice. But mainly, I just want to feel better. So a couple, um, I think it was a day or two later, he texts me and then he calls me and he's like, look, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking about a lot with what's going on with you. And most people I wouldn't tell to go on such a restrictive eating plan. But I know you're hardcore, you can handle it. I think you should go on the paleo plan um, to really help you eliminate sugar, processed foods, carbs, uh, you know, bad carbs, paleo eliminates all carbs. And I thought that was really nice of him because it was like he really cared. And the thing with acupuncture, you don't want to just be getting acupuncture and then go, you know, feed your body with unhealthy foods. If you're devoting this much time to acupuncture, you have to be doing your whole lifestyle right. And the paleo diet really, really, really helped. This acupuncturist, he helped me with so many things. He became a close friend of mine. He came to a film festival of mine. He came to the opening um, fundraiser for our web series, Pageant Bomb Mom. Just very supportive. And then shortly into the pandemic, we get a note from him that he is moving. And it was a positive for him because he was moving to a much more beautiful area of the country, Ithaca area of New York. I'm getting choked up because I remember just thinking, it took me so long to find this acupuncturist who I knew for seven years, who treated me, who helped me through so much. And who am I going to find? Well, like by the grace of God, I found another acupuncturist who I still go to now, Erin Kumpf Acupuncture and Herbs. And I love her to death. I think her style is wonderful. She also teaches Qigong 
and she and my former acupuncturist, they went to acupuncture, excuse me, they went to herb college together. And I told somebody that they're like, um, there's a such thing as herb college. I'm like, yes, there is. I, I just still don't understand why people knock and make jokes about alternative healing. And hey, I like a good joke. A good joke is funny, but I'm also like, don't knock it till you try it, peeps. So I one day hope to have my acupuncturist on here to talk and tell tales. But there is no real full circle or happy ending of this story because I'm still an ongoing experiment. I just do know that I am kind of digging feeling like I am a human voodoo doll. There y'all, I had a segue it back to New Orleans and Louisiana somehow. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. It is my hope to inspire, uplift, and entertain you with this Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. So if you're hungry for more, you can book me to speak or perform my solo show that inspired this podcast, Fat Girl Costumes, written by yours truly and directed by Brian Lady at your virtual or in-person event please visit brookhoover.com slash fluffybuttproductions or email me at contactbrookhoover at gmail.com for more info. And let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm at brookhoover. And the O's in my name are not the letter O, they're zeros. Not because I want to be a size zero, but because I guess I'm just so clever with my late 90s Yahoo self. And if you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, share this with your friends, family, and other people you may know who are as fat as we are. That's fat with a PH.